Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 4, text for translation and commentary by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Tasya Putraha Maha Yogi Sama Drik Nirvikalpaka Nirvikalpakaha Ekanta Matihi Unidraha Gurhaha Murhaha Iva Iate Tasya Putra Mahayogi Samadrin Nirvikalpakaha Ekanta Matir Unidro Gurho Murha Iveyate Tasya Putra Mahayogi Samadrin Nirvikalpakaha Ekanta Matir Unidro Gurho Murha Iveyate Tasya, his putraha, son, S-O-N, in the sense of a child. Maha, yogi, a great devotee. Sama, drik, equibalanced. Nirvikalpakaha. Absolute monist. Ekanta. 
matihi, fixed in monism, or oneness of mind. Unidraha, surpassed nescience. Gurhaha, not exposed. Murhaha, stunted. Eva, like. Iate, appears like. His, Vyasadeva's, son was a great devotee, an equibalanced monist, whose mind was always concentrated in monism. He was transcendental to mundane activities, but being unexposed, he appeared like an ignorant person. Purport, Srila Sugadev Goswami was a liberated soul, and thus he remained always alert not to be trapped by the illusory energy. In the Bhagavad Gita, this alertness is very lucidly explained. The liberated soul and the conditioned soul have different engagements. The liberated soul is always engaged in the progressive path of spiritual attainment, which is something like a dream for the conditioned soul. The conditioned soul cannot imagine the actual engagements of the liberated soul. While the conditioned soul thus dreams about spiritual engagements, the liberated soul is awake. Similarly, the engagement of a conditioned soul appears to be a dream for the liberated soul. A conditioned soul and a liberated soul may apparently be on the same platform, but factually they are differently engaged, and their attention is always alert, either in sense enjoyment or in self-realization. The conditioned soul is absorbed in matter, whereas the liberated soul is completely indifferent to matter. This indifference is explained as follows. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Nama Shrishtam Manum Api Shatiputram Atrasvarupam Rupam Tasyagrajam Urupuring Mathurim Goshtavartim Radha Kundam Girivaramaho Radhika Madhavasham Prapto Yasya Prathita Kripaya Shri Gurum Tamnatosmi Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Ataf Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagarna Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakal Vitas Cha Guru Vaishna Bhagavan Tines Marane Hoi Bigna Binashan Anaya Shri Hoi Nijabanchita Puran Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. <coughs> this is a statement by Shonaka demonstrating his prior knowledge of the topics of Srimad Bhagavatam as he's inquiring from Shukadeva. Of course, at the time, the term Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavat Purana was not invoked. 
But he's asking, <clears throat> how did Krishna, Dvaipayana Vyas, take this up? Why did he undertake the work of compiling this literature, Srimad Bhagavatam, and having inquired about Vyasadeva now, Shonaka inquires about Shukadev, who delivered the Srimad Bhagavatam for the first time in this Kali Yuga in public. It was a limited public, limited to persons of high spiritual achievement. Tasya, the word Tasya is a referent to someone or something which is already understood. This refers to Vyasadeva and is, the term is given putra. Putra means son. It's a common word for son. And it literally means one who delivers the father from hell. Although here <clears throat> it is a conventional usage of the term because there's no question of Vyasadeva going to hell. <clears throat> Shukadev is described as Mahayogi, which Srila Prabhupada has translated as a great devotee. It can also refer to a highly accomplished impersonalist. And we have here also the word nirvikalpaka which Srila Prabhupada translates as an absolute monist. <clears throat> Nirvikalpa samadhi is the aim of uh, the Patanjali yoga system. Well, the ultimate, the aim is <clears throat> the, uh, what is that? Uh, yoga chitta, chitta viroda to stop the activities of the mind. At, at the beginning of the Yoga Sutras, the purpose of the Yoga Sutras is given, uh, citta nirodaha, to stop the mind. And that is the state of nirvikalpa samadhi, in which the accomplished yogi has is Chinmatra, consciousness only, without being conscious of anything in particular. And without nirvikalpa, means the mind is not flitting here and there. The mind is completely withdrawn from all objects of perception. Samadring, equibalanced. That gives an idea of the external state of a, of a Mahayogi who has reached the stage of nirvikalpa samadhi. Of course, they're not always in samadhi because then you just drift off and the body would die. Uh, it's samadhi that is entered into and come out of, but when the yogi comes out of that state, which is very difficult to attain by the 
Patanjali yoga system, then he's seen that he's equibalanced. Equibalance means uh, samabuddhi, seeing everything equally, as is. Uh, it's a major theme of Bhagavad Gita. Samadvam yoga uchyate. Krishna says that samadvam, equanimity, is called yoga. Yoga means to be balanced. And that means uh, in happiness and distress, heat and cold, one just rem remains unperturbed, unexcited by anything. Naprashrishet priyang prapya nodvijet prapya cha priyam sthira buddhir asammud ho brahmani brahmavid brahmani stita ha Krishna sums it up. He talks about it repeatedly in the Bhagavad Gita, but summed up here in this verse in which he says that someone who is not elated upon gaining something which would make someone else happy. I got a lot of money. I got a beautiful girlfriend. I was praised by others. I feel in full good health. These are causes of material happiness. But someone who's not elated amid causes of happiness and not disturbed when something happens which is not favorable or not desirable. Bodily pain, being insulted, and so on. So someone who's aloof from all these things is called samadrik, very hard to attain. Nodvijet prapya Cha Priyam. How do you balance that with what Krishna said previously about uh, what is that? Sambhavitasya Cha Kirtiya. Maranad. Sambhavitasya Cha Kirtiya. Maranad Ati Richite. Worse than, worse than death for someone who's been honored is to be dishonored. So uh, Shukadev is in this ekanta mati. His consciousness is fixed, not going here and there. This Krishna, in the beginning of Bhagavad Gita, is uh, talking about the uh, spiritually fixed person. Vyavasayatmika buddhi. His consciousness is fixed. He's not bahu shaka hiyanantas cha. He's not. His, his mind doesn't wander off here and there. Unidraha. He's above the state of nescience. Nidram, nidra means sleep. He's above the stage of nescience. And this is explained by Srila Prabhupada with reference to a statement in the Bhagavad Gita, which he doesn't quote the verse, but how the materialist and the spiritualist they are at opposite poles 
what is day for the materialist is night for the transcendentalist and vice versa. What is that verse? Yanisha Sarvabhutanam Tatsyam Jagarti Sangyame. Sangyame means someone who's controlled his senses and mind. Then Tasyam Jagarti Bhutani Sanisha Pashatomune. Hey. What the materialist thinks is uh, day. It's, it's very good. It's a, some time to enjoy. Oh, he thinks, now I'm seeing. Now I'm seeing things very well. But the materialist sees it as nescience. It's just like night. Whatever the materialist does, the spiritualist seems sees as, oppo- as opposite. His position, Shukdev's position, was not known to foolish people. Uh, He looked like a madman. He appeared to be a strange person. Uh, One thing was he didn't have any clothes on, which is generally considered strange, unusual. That is described in the next few verses, how he was not recognized by foolish people. That the, he was wandering through the provinces of Kuru and Jangala with no fixed program, but directed by Paramatma, he came to the place which is now known as Shukatal, named after him. It wouldn't have been called that at the time on the bank of the Ganga or Yamuna and there Parikshit Maharaj was sitting, Payopavishta sitting with the idea to fast until death and so many great personalities were there. Uh, As Shukadev was wandering, there were Village women and children were laughing and joking at him. But there was one incident where he went past a bathing place, Shukadev went past, and young girls were bathing there. And they went on with their bathing. They were bathing without clothes on in the water. And behind him came Vyasadev trying to call him back. And when Vyasadev went past, the women quickly put on their clothes. And Vyastev said, hey, I, I saw my son went past and you didn't feel any concern with him seeing you in that condition, but you did with me. And they said, well, he's a liberated soul. <laughs> and you're a griasta. <laughs> uh, generally, it's considered that a liberated soul has to be a renunciant, cannot be a griasta, because a griasta is entangled with the activities of this world. Apart from that, it appears that women have a a sense of, or everyone, everyone has a sense like this, what others are thinking of them. They may, they may get it, you may get it wrong. 
often people get it wrong and they misjudge what people are thinking of them. But if if someone is sexually interested in a woman, they or maybe vice versa also. They may be misunderstood also. But they that sense is there. We talk about the sixth sense. There appear to be many senses apart from the or, or several senses apart from the regular Ganindriyas, the sense of seeing, touching, tasting, smelling, feeling. There are others just like uh, precognition, uh, experiencing something before it happens, or reading others' minds, telepathy. There are various states like this which are denied by modern science because there's no evidence for it. Of course, they're not looking for the evidence because they don't want to believe in it. And even if there is any evidence, they deny it. Anyway, <clears throat> Shukadeva was on this platform. Srila Prabhupada has translated Mahayogi as a great devotee. And then he's translated Nirvikalpakaha as an absolute monist. Now these two things don't go together very well, do they? Uh, not at all. This Kaivalya Narakayate from the pure devotional platform. The idea of Kaivalya here understood to mean the state of Nirvikalpakaha, the state of someone who has only oneness, only in that state of Samadhi. There is there's no Object, there's no duality because there's chinmatraha. There's only consciousness. It's hard to imagine consciousness without being conscious of something. But that is the state described by Patanjali. And also samadhi is stated in Bhagavad Gita in relation to the yoga system. Krishna's description of the yoga system in Bhagavad Gita is not exactly the same as that of Patanjali, but the idea is this one-pointed monism, or, or where, where there's no, there's no uh, consciousness of anything other, not even of oneself, and then and then one becomes one with everything, as we hear in New Age lingo, becoming one with everything. Uh, <clears throat> so Shukdev Goswami was on that platform. We may wonder how it is that Vyasadeva, who gave the Vedic literature, gave the Mahabharata, at the end of Mahabharata, it is stated, Vede Ramayane Chaiva Purane Bharat Tata Adavanteja Maddecha Hari Sarvatra Gyate. In all the Vedic literature, in all the Vedas, in the Ramayana, in the Puranas, and this is written in the Mahabharata, this verse, beginning, middle, and end, only Hari is praised. That's all. That's the subject matter. 
that confirms which comes early in Mahabharata where Krishna says Vedaisya Sarvara Vedaha in all the Vedas I am to be known. Sarve Veda Yatpadama Mananti in the Kartopaka Upanishad is stated that all the Vedas point to one goal only. So Vyasadeva is a great devotee. But at the same time, within Shastra, he did give much uh, <clears throat> credence to the state of impersonalism, impersonal absorption. Is there in Bhagavad Gita also? Depending on how we interpret it, but they're, they're just like that verse I just said, this stira buddhira sammurho, what is that? Brahmavit, Brahmani sitaha. The word Brahma is stated twice. It doesn't say he's a great devotee. It means someone who's not elated when there are causes for sense gratification, nor distressed when there is there are causes for distress, who is fixed in intelligence, not bewildered, who knows what is Brahman. Here Krishna says Brahmavit. He doesn't say Krishnavit. Brahmanistitaha. He's situated in transcendence. So that is the position of a devotee. It's also the position of an impersonalist who comes to that stage. And, and the full understanding of Brahman is Krishna. But there is a stage of impersonal realization also. And it is uh, spoken of extensively in the Upanishads that is acknowledged by Krishnas Gaviraj Goswami, who's, who at the beginning of Chaitanya Charitamrita, in explaining the Vedanti Tat Tatva Vidas Tatvam Yajgyana Madvayam Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabhyate, verse that the, the absolute truth is known in three phases. Impersonal Brahman, localized Paramatma, and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So in explaining this verse in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says, Yadadvetam Brahmo Panishadi Tadapyasya Tanubha. That the Advaita described in the Upanishads is the effulgence of his Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's body. So he's acknowledging. <laughs> Although the Vaishnava Acharya say, no, no, it's not Advaita. It's, it's it, or Madhva says, it's Dvaita. It's all Dvaita. And Ramanuja say, yeah, it's Dvaita. It's Advaita, but it's Vishishta Advaita. But Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami says, yeah, it's, okay, it's Advaita. <laughs> but that is not the all in all. There's, there's more. There's further to go. How could Shukdev be an impersonalist being born of Vyasadev? Well, how could the sons of Advaita Acharya, three of them, be smarter Brahmanas? What's the answer to that? Advaita Acharya was a smarter Brahmana. By caste. So was Jagannath Mishra, for that matter. They worship. At that time, there was no clear distinction 
And even in much of quote-unquote Hinduism today, there may not be that much distinction, as is often observed to you by scholars to use their technical terms. Hinduism, quote-unquote, Vedic culture, is more concerned with orthopraxy than orthodoxy. That means it doesn't matter what the hell you believe as long as you follow all the rules that you're supposed to follow in Varnashram. And uh, that's your proxy, and your doxy is what you believe. Well, what you believe, that should be in line with Vedic culture. Also, uh, but often we find in, up to the present day, impersonalists describe themselves as, or, and their followers as de devotees, devotees of Shiva. It may be in your Smarta family and your Ishta Devata, the, the deity you worship is Krishna. There are many such families. They're attached to Krishna. They're impersonalists, ultimately. Or are they? It's hard to say. There's a hard line between them. But definitely, there was a difference between the Shukadev who left home, seeing it as Maya, your father's Vyasadev, and you think, it's all there's this family life, it's all Maya. He was a real hardcore renunciant. And he left home. He thought, I don't, know, I don't get involved in all this. My father's going to give me upanayanam and make me into a part of society and have to go through all this rituals. And just, uh, what am I getting born for anyway? That's what he thought. Why bother getting an impersonalist? should think, why bother doing anything? So Shukadev was sitting in the womb and he thought, well, why bother even getting born? What's the point of doing anything? If everything in the world is Maya, then why do anything? Why, why even uh, why even get born? Uh, he did, out of practicality. Even the staunchest in, uh, impersonalists, however much absorbed in oneness, to maintain the body, they have to do something to maintain the body. So Shukadev, as we find. At the end of this canto would visit the house of a householder once a day to take some milk. And he was living on milk. His body was maintained by that. But then some, there are some who maintain themselves simply on water or air. And even up to the present age in, in India, there are people who have lived for years without eating or even drinking. There are such people or have been such people. Uh, not necessarily even transcendentalists. But transcendentalists, if they want, they can do that. Or if they want, they can eat huge amounts, which are impossible for ordinary humans to do. They're, they're different to us. We find Srila Prabhupada came among us and behaved in many ways as if he was one of us. But he wasn't. In a different platform of consciousness. Sometimes he would be very sick. We say enacting the pastime of sickness. 
because then suddenly he could be very healthy, just as many devotees noted in 1973, Srila Prabhupada flew, I believe it was from Australia, was it, to London, that's a long flight, Not, that's in several legs. He was very sick and he would, the Rathyatra, he came for the Rathyatra of Lord Jagannath, they were going to sit him on the, the rat, but he started dancing and he danced all the way, ecstatically. And there's film footage of that, which is unexpected for an old man, what to speak of anyone who just came off a long flight and what to speak of someone who's supposed to be sick. So he transcended expectations. Sometimes he appeared as if sick, sometimes beyond all such things. Often, because he would uh, fly into a place and while his, the young men traveling with him would be jet-lagged, he wouldn't. He would just go on as if he had been in the same place for days. So He was a Maha-yogi in that sense. So Shukadeva was a Mahayogi. He was liberated from the very beginning of his life. And then we may again, why did he bother to take birth at all? If you're liberated, why get born? That's what he thought. What am I doing here? What am I doing here in this womb? But <clears throat> he very quickly, upon hearing the message of Bhagavatam, he became a Vaishnava of a standard comparable only with himself. <clears throat> he is the exemplar of the Atma verse, which was spoken in relation to him. Atma-rāma-scha-muneyo-nigranta Kurvantya hai tu king bhaktim itham bhuta guno hare hai. Even persons who are fully satisfied in themselves become attracted upon hearing the qualities and pastimes of Krishna. So Shukadev was the exemplar of this to the extent that even though Vyasadeva had compiled the Bhagavatam, in its almost present form. Not that he invented the Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam was spoken at the beginning of creation in seed form to Lord Brahma by Krishna himself. So Vyasadeva presented the Bhagavatam as is suitable for this Kali Yuga. And then he sat down and heard it from his own son who um, had heard the Bhagavatam and heard it, Shravan, Shravana, Manana, Nididhyasana, he'd heard it, absorbed it, thought about it, and he represented the Bhagavatam. He gave the same message of Bhagavatam, but Shukamukhad Amrita Dravya Sangyatam. It became all the more sweeter by his presentation. And we find statements of Shukadeva in which he is expressing his own 
transcendental happiness on hearing the pastimes of Krishna, Hobhagyam, Hobhagyam, Nanda Gopavrajokasam, Yanmitram Paramanandam. What's the last line? Yanmitram Paramanandam, Puram Brahma Sanatanam. Thank you. Uh, he himself is thinking, this, this Brahma, I was meditating on Brahman, I, I was absorbed in thoughts of Brahman, but how fortunate are the residents of Vrindavan, who, headed by Nanda Maharaj, who have among them as their very dear most friend and son and lover the supreme absolute truth, Purna Brahma, Sanatana. They, they, these these grihastas, he'd left the home as Maya, Shukadev. But he later, seeing the, the home life of Nanda Maharaj, he, he thought, oh, how fortunate are they? I was thinking it was a very unfortunate position to be in, in the home, even in the home of Vyasadev. But more fortunate are uh, the residents of Vrindavan, what are their activities? They, they're not meditating on Brahman. They're fully attached. Griha, Kshetra, Sutapta, Vita, they're fully attached to their homes, to their place where they're living, Vrindavan. They're attached to their children, they're attached to their wealth in the form of cows. They're fully attached. But Sugadev exults. What is their great fortune? They're so much more fortunate than me. Because at the center of it all is Krishna, who is Purna Brahma, Param Brahma. So Sugadev went from the position of an impersonalist to that, where there's no sweetness. Sweetness is banned. There's only consciousness. But in Vrindavan, it's overflowing with sweetness. And Sugadev was able to uh, appreciate that and help others appreciate it also. The, the two, two days ago, the verse was given, Shrava Yishyami, Surya Goswami says, I will now make you hear. I literally means I will make you hear. I will speak Bhagavatam Yadhaditam Yatamatihi as much as I've studied and learned, as much as I've realized. So the uh, contribution of Sukadev Goswami, he, he went from no sweetness to revealing the sweetness. More became the the, the Bhagavatam, which is already uh, the ripened fruit of the tree of Vedic literature. Uh, interesting, huh? The, the Advaita is there in the tree, but the ripened fruit is the pastimes of Krishna. And it became sweeter by the touch of Shukadev, who was completely detached from this world, 
and completely detached from Krishna, but he became totally attached to Krishna by hearing from Vyasadeva, who is his uh, <coughs> father and guru, who listened to Shukadeva speak, being enlivened to hear what he had to say, and being amazed at how he had made this uh, fully ripe fruit of the tree of Vedic knowledge even more sweet. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took that fruit and relished it and distributed it and well, relished it, defined it, brought into fine focus. What is this ripened fruit? Premval. Prem. The, and the prem love, there's a general term, but that's uh, Krishna Vishayaka prem. That is prem centered on Krishna, not any other prem. Krishna Vishayaka prem parampurusharata. Jar Age Trina Tulla Chari Purushata. This uh, love of Krishna, or love with Krishna as its uh, Vishaya, its subject. Krishna Vishaya Prem is the highest attainment of human life in comparison with which. Dharma, artha, karma, moksha, religiosity, economic development, sense gratification, and liberation seem completely insignificant. Insignificant to the extent you don't even notice, you don't even bother. Just like some grass under your feet. How, how much do we recognize the grass under our feet? We don't. So like that. This uh, religiosity, economic, well, especially... Artha and Kama, economic development and sense gratification, to the Mumukshu, those who are endeavoring for liberation, the economic development and sense gratification, they seem like straw in the street. They recognize the value of Dharma. But liberation is beyond the platform of Dharma Moksha, the, the, the aim of the Vedic literature is generally seen to be ultimately to be moksha. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the contribution that even moksha seems insignificant in relation to love of Krishna. And that was supported by uh, Jiva Goswami, gave the philosophical support for that based on Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's a great study. There's, there's, as I've said several times, there's no, uh, there's no in-depth study, study of Srimad Bhagavatam. Of course, Jiva Goswami has done, but unpacking each verse and the different themes and how it maps onto the Brahma Sutras, and how it f fulfills the purpose of all the Vedas, all the Upanishads, all the Puranas, uh, 
everything, oh, the, the, the major statements of the Upanishads and the Puranas are all in here, the different themes that are threaded throughout Bhagavatam. It's a great, great study. We need a Bhagavata Mahavidyalai. We have that in Govardhan, but really to to really get into it in depth. Now who will hear? We are more interested in tattoos and haircuts, unfortunately. There may be someone who's interested, who may study this. It's a, it's a project for a lifetime or many lifetimes. What Shukadeva Goswami has given, what Vyasadeva has given, what Srila Prabhupada has given, taking taking the commentaries of all the Acharyas and mixing it with his own realizations and messages. And it's for us and it's for that's another great uh, contribution of the Bhagavatam. It's meant for Paramahamsas and it's meant for foolish people who are, uh, who are not great Vedic scholars. <laughs> it, it's not. It's meant for scholars. It's meant for Paramahamsa. It's meant for people who don't have access to. They don't have the intellectual apparatus to to get into the uh, philosophical and linguistic substance of it all. That's another whole big thing. The, the language of the Bhagavatam. But by hearing, they can be benefited and they can come to the stage of love of God. It's all there in Bhagavatam. It's a great project. And of course, along with Bhagavatam, chanting the holy names of Krishna, which is recommended throughout Bhagavatam, even up to the last verse. I'll finish there. Hare Krishna. Vancha kalpatarupyas chakripa sindhubi evacha. Patitanam pavane bhyo vaishnave bhyo namo namaha. Dante nitaya churnakang padayone patikrit vaja kakushatam etad aham bravime. He sadava sakala eva vihaya durad goranga chandra charne kuruta. Parivadatu jano yatha tatha va nanumakaro namayang vicharyama. Harirasa madhiramadati matta puvi vilutama nartama nirvisha. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.